Welcome to Podtification, the show where three pastors sit around displaying their sharp wit and their occasionally sharp theology. We hope you enjoy. Now let's get on to the show. All right. Well, welcome, everyone. I'm sure right now, um, you know, as we're as we're posting this conversation, um, people are tuning in by the at least ones and twos, <laughs> probably are. This, this will go Maybe viral. Brent's mom. <laughs> My mom will watch this. Welcome, Brent's mom. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Oh. For, thanks for supporting us. <laughs> I'll probably watch it two or three times yeah, just to yeah, keep I'm the numbers Sean. going. <laughs> Welcome, Sean, uh, to watching your own face in the screen, which I know we know you like. Um, Has your mom been tuning in to, to when you're leading worship, John? I'm just wondering. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Right. You know, uh, she won't watch this, but but if she does, hi, mom, and happy Mother's Day. Um, March, yeah, yeah. Hey. I I uh, I just realized, you know, our our service is now online, and I'm posting about it on Facebook and everything. Um, and my own mom, who is very supportive and loving, only just maybe last week actually liked our Facebook, like the Daybreak Facebook. <laughs> Did she watch it or she just no? Liked it? She has, no, she just liked the page. She hasn't watched it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Trying to find approval in your own town. I think there's something about that, right? That's right. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, already derailed. Well, actually, that's your town, not your yeah. mom. <laughs> you misquoted scripture to justify your mom not liking you. I think just said. I didn't say she didn't like me. <laughs> oh, she did like you. Okay. <laughs> wow. I, what, have you talked to her? No, no, no. You were talking about uh, a prophet is not honored in his like, hometown. And she said something to you? No, no, no. Okay, All let's right. move on. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll right. edit that out. Can we okay. just cut Brent out of this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we did actually, I do want to say welcome and thank you for joining us. I, um, you know, we've had many conversations. M- most of them are like this. Um, but o- over the course of, of this kind of uh, quarantine season, we thought it might be kind of fun to try to engage engage you all, the Daybreak community um, at large in, in some of our conversations and hear some of the things that we think and talk about and um, hear us kind of talk a little bit between the three of us about some of the ideas and, and issues that are going on um, in kind of Christian culture and theology and also in our own kind of personal lives. Um, it won't all be, um, in fact, it might none of it be really deep and insightful theology, <laughs> um, but we're hoping that you can enjoy it and, and thank you for, for tuning in with us. Um, guys, welcome. Brent, Sean, welcome. Hello. Glad you guys are here. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Why don't you, um, why don't you introduce yourself um, to, to the people, to, to the people who are, are watching, who are listening right now? You want to start, Brent? I'll let you go. You let me go. Yeah, yeah, I'll let you go. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll get started. My name is Sean. Uh, Sean Stotine. I am the worship pastor at Daybreak Community Church, and I also am a collegiate campus minister. I go to UVM and St. Mike's and some of the other schools throughout Vermont, and I do campus ministry and uh, work with these fine gentlemen at Daybreak Community Church. And we really enjoy just connecting and bantering back and forth, and we thought you guys would enjoy it too. Yeah. And so for those I don't know, I'm Brent. I'm the associate pastor at Daybreak. And um, as I like to say, I don't have a lot of expertise in many things. I know a little bit about two things. One is the Bible, because I did school, you know, seminary. And the other is cancer nursing, because I've been in cancer nursing for about 20 something years. And so um, maybe I'll mix in a little bit of both of those subjects today and look forward to you all listening. So. Yeah, thanks, guys. And so my name's uh, uh, Jesse, and I I ran out the trio of pastors at, at Daybreak Church. Um, I'm the I'm the I'm the new guy here at Daybreak. Been here for about almost about two and a half years now. So I don't know if you could say new anymore. Um, but thankful to be here and thankful to have a chance to converse with you, Sean and Brent. And um, looking forward to looking forward to just continuing our conversations together. Um, with with that in mind, I just want to hear like a little bit, you know, we, the three of us oftentimes talk about church stuff. We oftentimes talk about kind of logistics and service and stuff like that and how we're going to be doing things as a church. 
um, I thought it'd be kind of fun just to hear kind of what's going on maybe in your personal lives. Like, just, just tell me, tell me what's going on for you guys. Um, give me, give me a quick update. What's big in your life right now? What's big? Goodness. That's, that's a tough question. I mean, <laughs> my wife cut my hair the other day and she did a wonderful job. Oh, and yeah. That was like, that was like a highlight, you know, I mean, being stuck at home and, uh, you know, <laughs> really desperately needing a haircut and my wife, you know, rose to the challenge. And uh, that was kind of nice. It was like, it's almost like a little bit. Give us a, give us the profile. The, the profile. The profile shot. Yeah, okay. Is that a, is that a good profile? <laughs> Show you the other side, but I've got a nice like uh, zit going on here or something. <laughs> <Okay>. So, <laughs> you know, the lighting we never would have seen it, but now <laughs> now <laughs> now I pointed it out right there. Yeah. <laughs> Fix that in post. It's no problem. Yeah, that's right. We'll clean it up. <laughs> that's good. So so it looks to me, uh, like like she must have gone with scissors and everything because it still she seems did. like it's kind of long on the yeah yeah she did she did scissors the whole way and then just a little wow. bit of trim for the cleanup so she did a wonderful job talented wife i have big deal too for you because you go to a barber usually i do i go to like probably the fanciest hipster barber in winooski <laughs> um it's this place called Old Soul, and I love going in there. There is no reservations. It's a walk-in only, cash-only establishment. It's By the way, Old four Soul guys. is sponsor, so... Here. Yeah, that's right. There you go. <laughs> um, it's four guys, and they've got chairs set up, and you walk in, and you wait like two and a half hours to get a haircut there. But it's just awesome because they do everything you know as traditional as you can, aside from the biker tattoos all up and down their arms. So. <laughs> Do they really wait? You really wait two hours to get into a chair? Oh yeah, yeah. I, How much? I have you... a question. How long did Monica make you wait? Make <laughs> 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 you feel there, comfortable? Sat just there like, in a chair <laughs> for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> to give you the whole experience. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> weird, weird sports television on the background, and sitting there with a magazine for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, really try, get to recreate like old rhythms, you know, so it makes you feel like your life is still continuing. That's right. Yeah. Do the guys talk to you while they're cutting your hair? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. About yeah. what? All kinds of things. I mean, okay. depends on the guy that you're sitting there, you know, the chair that you're sitting in. Uh, Jimmy is the guy I go and sit down with almost all the time. So you can request different people if you want to, but there's no reservations. And okay. uh, usually I sit down with him and we chat, you know, about all different kinds of things that are going on in the world and what kind of trips he's got coming up and how his family's doing. And he asks me how the church is going. And he always tells me, I'll be there. I'll come sometime. And <laughs> hasn't happened. Hasn't happened. But, but I think, Actually, I think one day he might make good on that. So he seems yeah. like a genuine guy. So threaten him with with you know taking your business elsewhere. Like my last, the last person who cut my hair is way more attractive than you, <laughs> and she did a pretty good job. So, well, I think once once he uh, once he finds out we're advertising for him on our podcast. <laughs> He's going to have to come. There you go. That's a that's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. I'd I'd ask you to go in there and really put some pressure on him too, but uh, I, I don't know if there's oh. well, that, That's why I was asking you. Not worth they, the two hour wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just vicariously trying to live through you because I haven't been to a barber in so long, so I just was trying to remember what it's like. And so, they do they do old school shaves and stuff too, so you could like lay back and they'll do the so hot towel and fifty percent. 50 percent yeah, yeah there you yeah, go yeah, nice. where do you stand on small talk uh brent i i despise it but i do it so um, so if i were to if i were just just suggest to you um maybe this doesn't happen to you but but for me one of the most uh, hot take here but one of the most uncomfortable um kind of social situations is uh sitting in the dentist chair where they have like their oh, yeah. hand in your mouth yeah. and they ask you like, what would you, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, we all know what's going on there. They just like to yeah. see you squirm. Yeah. Um, I would say like, so that's this, like this uncomfortable, the, the barber thing for me is like really similar because you don't have the excuse of having something in your mouth. So it's like, it's like similar kind of conversation. I don't have a relationship with any of these people, like, like asking you questions like that, but, you have I, to find, answer. <laughs> I find if you just say a lot of times, 
I'm sure you guys had the experience. I'm a pastor. That like ends the conversation. And like, I have another out. I say, I'm a cancer nurse. And people don't know what to say about that either. So either way, I shut the conversation down and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah." Brent's got two golden opportunities to end every conversation. That's right. That's right. If one doesn't work, the other one does, right? That's right. That's right. So when you go on airplanes, you don't talk to the person beside you. I have like the first two minute conversation, do my introduction. They shut up and I go to sleep. That's how it works. (laughs) I find that I find sitting on an airplane. That's the more awkward conversation for me because you know, you're going to be sitting next to that person for anywhere from two to 14 hours, depending on where you're going. And you're Um, a little nervous that they might be chatty because you're, you want, you know, out of your Christian love and heart, you want to engage in conversation, but you're thinking this could be long. So you got to sound like you, you really do. <laughs> <laughs> I figure you're in good shape if the conversation doesn't happen for the first, you know, 30 to 45 minutes. And then after that, you can start up a conversation and you know, it'll kind of ebb and flow during the course of the flight. You should teach a class. That's that's probably that's actually good insight. Actually, yeah, yeah. That that's my one good insight for this entire video call. This would be a really funny like a like I, I like I like the idea of some kind of class, a class about awkward conversations. Like yeah. I think I feel like the format for that class could be really interesting. Like how to have an awkward conversation. How to have a, how to have awkward <laughs> conversations. <laughs> Well, we won't name any names, but there are some people that just don't have whatever it is in your brain chemistry, the social cues where it's time to stop this conversation or move, you know, or move on to another one. But um, that, that is a skill that you either have or you don't have. I don't think there's a, I don't, I don't think you can teach that. So speaking of um, congratulations on the haircut, Sean. Um, let's time to move on to a different conversation. <laughs> that was my cue. Thank you. Yeah, actually, you got it. So Brent, tell, tell us about what's, what's going on. What's big in your life these days. Um, I'm a little more spiritual than a haircut. Um, I, uh, I, I've been doing a haircut. Then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm doing first John, uh, for one of our iConnect groups. And I, I'm just like immersed in first John. And like I said to you guys Sunday, my other epiphany is John, who talks a, uh, a lot about obeying Christ, and he's Jesus's best friend, and talks about, uh, he quotes Jesus where Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey my, com- my commandments in his gospel. And then in the letter, First John, he says, basically, if you are a Christian, you really will obey Jesus's commandments. But ironically, he doesn't mention in his Gospels or his letters any commandments, mm. with the exception of to believe in Christ. And so that was my epiphany when I read the Gospel, and that's my epiphany in First John. So uh, that's kind of what's been going on in my mind and life. So, When you have a, like, kind of a... Um a theological kind of aha moment or light bulb like that go off, especially based on scripture. Um, do you find, I guess, I guess my question, I'll, I'll just leave it open-ended. <laughs> How do you find that interacting with your day as you kind of, as you kind of move around through your work at the hospital or through your, your life at home, you know, um, how do you like, like, is it just kind of like pop back into your mind every once in a while? Are you just kind of always kind of looking through that lens as you, as you look through life or just how does that kind of interact with your, your everyday kind of ebb and flow? I don't know. My natural instinct is one to tell people, like mm. I told you guys, I just think that's really cool. Like, like I think it's really cool when I read somebody that's a lot smarter than me or, you know, a pastor who's much more articulate than I am. And you get, they, they give you some of their epiphanies that they've had. And yeah. you're like, wow, wow. But to me, it's even cooler when you have one on your own, you know, and it, you did, someone didn't have, to, didn't have to teach that to you kind of thing. So. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Thank you. Um, well, I'll, I'll bring it back to, I'll bring it back to. Um, haircuts. Haircuts. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, for me, what's been going on in our life that's like been like kind of like, Hard, hard to describe how much it's been controlling like or 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 yeah i'll leave it at controlling um zoe and i've been building a deck together b- behind our house 
And it's a really actually a big project. And we've been like, we decided to take this on ourselves and, um, and like, we've never done anything like this before, but it's this massive, uh, construction project that we undertook. Um, and I've been really liking it because like, like we started with like, you know, on paper, you know, just like this idea, here's what we want it to look like. And then like, now you can see it and it looks exactly like how we drew it up, which is such a cool, like something really satisfying about that to have like a plan and then see it like there it is, you know, just to, to see each step along the way and then to see it completed there. I think that's a really, something really satisfying about that. And, and I've been really enjoying that. Um, plus something that's been really cool about it has been, um, like just being able to work alongside Zoe, which is so fun. Like it's like a, an unlooked for gift from this like quarantine time. We would have worked on this together, but, but because of this stuff, we've been able to really work on it like at the same time together, which has been really cool. Like I've really been enjoying that. So that's what's big going on in my life right now outside of kind of church work and stuff is, is we've been every, every time the weather gives us a break, we've been building and uh, it's been really fun. I've enjoyed it a lot. And Zoe liked it so much, she even went and bought a, a new tool, which is like really, really exciting. Well, that's the whole point of doing projects, right? Yeah, so you can yeah. go to Lowe's or Home Depot and buy new tools. At least three or four times, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think we have lost Brent. I think he's frozen. Oh, I thought he was just mesmerized by the story I was telling. So he just wanted to come in and drop his own wisdom and then just leave. And then just leave, yeah. And then now he's gone. And now he's gone. Yeah, we'll see if he shows himself back up here again. But in the meantime, what do you want to talk about next? What, what can <laughs> talk, what can what can we get in there before Brent gets back and decides talk, to? Let's talk about Brent. Let's talk about Brent. Yeah, just between you and me, that and guy. Five other people watching <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now's your chance to chime in and put now's in your, your, your two cents. All you listeners out there, all four of you, you can tell us what you think about Brent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll just be between between you and us. Like he won't he won't have to know it. Uh he will never find out. Um he uh he just texted me and said he's uh frozen. Um yeah, so he, I, yeah think I just got we'll that just, text too. We'll we'll move on um and hopefully he'll be able to join us uh again. Um I think it's cool to just to just hear kind of what's going on with you sean um i i thought maybe this would be a good chance just here um in in front of other people to learn other things about each other that we don't know um about things that are really um maybe not so important so i'm calling i'm calling this i'm calling this this topic uh strong opinions about meaningless things um, and I, I have lots of those. <laughs> That's and how so, I live my life. So here's, here's the first one. And I think, you know, the people want to know, um, when you, when you think about peanut butter, where do you fall on the chunky and smooth spectrum? I'm a chunky fan. I am definitely a chunky fan. Here comes Brent. He's starting to make his way back in. Perfect. Speaking timing. of chunky, welcome back. <laughs> that wasn't. That was a. That was a pot shot there. But, um, but no, I'm a fan of chunky peanut butter, uh, which is funny because my wife and kids all like smooth. Um, so we kind of run a little bit of a middle ground, and we get the natural smooth peanut butter, which at least has a little bit of texture to it. Hmm. Brent, what about you? Um, smooth and all natural peanut butter. It can't be uh, no added sugar. So I have like, um, I think this is a pretty like kind of probably a, a debate that splits people down like the country down the middle. I have like, like a little bit of a PTSD from my childhood about this. Um, so get ready, buckle up, buckle up guys. Um, my mom, when we were kids, she used to buy us this like all natural, like, like super organic, you know, crunchy peanut butter that was basically just peanuts that had been shaken up really, really hard. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it would, it would like separate. Have you got, did you get peanut butter like this? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. The natural. Absolutely. That's yeah, that's natural peanut butter. And like, yeah. and as a kid, I'd open it up. And so there'd be like, you know, an inch and a half or whatever of oil. And you like take your knife and try to scoop and it just all the oil comes out the top and then, and then it just spreads all down the bot side of the bottle. And of course I didn't realize you had to turn upside down or whatever you're supposed to do. 
Um, all I wanted to make peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but I didn't making like an oil and jelly sandwich. And so I have like, like the natural, st- I hate it. I can't stand it. I couldn't wait till I was an adult and could go to the store in my own car and buy a, a bottle of Skippy peanut butter. Like I was so excited about that. So <laughs> like, like if it was up to me, I would get like the nastiest, like Peter Pan or Skippy or, or Jiffy or whatever, like sugared up, like smooth peanut butter. And, and like the more processed, the better. Yeah. Well, a couple of thoughts about that is one is your mom's watching probably. So <laughs> she, that, she probably knows. And, and, that, and I'm stand by this. Okay. And then two, <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, if you pour, like you let it go to the top and you don't turn it upside down, you let it come to the top then you pour half of that out and then you stir the rest of the oil back in and it's perfect in texture and taste. Yeah. yeah. This sounds about like, like two more steps than I want to take with my peanut butter. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> It's good for you. We all need to slow down a little bit. You know, uh, this is nature's way of forcing us to slow down. <laughs> peanut oil. <laughs> All right, second, second, and Brent, we're calling this uh, the UMS. We're calling this strong opinions about meaningless topics. Okay. Um, and so, really, we just want hot takes about about some stuff, you know, stuff that we might not know about each other. Um, uh, I think Sean Sean brought this one up to me or to us, which is a question about Oreos or really any um, cookie with uh, cream in the middle. I guess you could ask this question about. Um, those old school cheapo Hydrox cookies. You remember those? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we didn't get cookies when I was a kid. We <laughs> Just natural, natural peanut butter. Oil. <laughs> your mom. Um, I hope your mom doesn't watch this. <laughs> um, so do you, do you twist them apart or do you eat them or do you have to dip them in milk? That's the question on the table. Okay, no milk. And uh, my favorite is double stuff Oreos. And taking the double stuff off, uh, one side off of each of the double stuff, and putting two double stuff together. A quadruple stuff? Quadruple stuff Oreo. Now it's you too know, much stuff. You know now that Oreo makes like mega stuff? Mega or whatever. stuff. Yeah, which and is basically you, that. You, well, you know what happens when you get a mega stuff and do two mega stuff together? <laughs> Double mega Diabetes. stuff. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Diabetes. Diabetes, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Brent, honest question. Sorry, Sean, we'll get to you in a second. But honest question: <laughs> If they made a squeezy bottle with just the Oreo, absolutely, <laughs> yes. You don't have to finish the question. Absolutely, yes. Okay, <laughs> Sean, where are you at? You know, I know I'm probably going to be in the minority on this one, but I like to dunk in milk. I don't like to sw- twist it apart, and I don't like to scrape off the icing. I'm a, a dunk it in milk. Uh, I even have figured out, I don't count, but I just know the right timing so that you can take it out before it like falls into the bottom of your glass. Cause that's, oh, that's the worst. You, you know, like a, you have an internal clock about, I it. have an internal clock. I eat Oreos that often. I mean, we have Oreos in our cupboard right now internal and we always Oreo. have Oreos in our cupboard and, uh, and I probably eat Oreos at least four times a week, you know, like evening snack. So, wow. Yeah. You hold up pretty good for as many Oreos as you eat. Yeah. I, I, I try. Otherwise I try and eat pretty healthy, but yeah, yeah I, I like, I like my Oreos, Oreos and milk. Yeah. I think I, I'm the same way. I, I, I definitely prefer dunking them in milk. I, I honestly, I think, I think the twist and eat ends up being a, like, why did you even buy an Oreo? Really? If you twist too fast, it does mess up the middle actually. And I'm not kidding. So it isn't just a, it comes off on one side or the other, right? It comes off on both sides if you twist too fast. You oh, have to come on. twist at the right velocity to keep, especially if you do the two double stuff. You have to twist at the right velocity to keep it all together. So. It's true. As a kid, I was a twister. And <laughs> and you're right. You're right, Brent. And now you're a man. Now I am a man. <laughs> now you're now older. Now I you're eat my, older. I eat my Oreos <laughs> like a grown man. <laughs> The way God intended. <laughs> uh, well, this has been uh, what, what, what are strong opinions about meaningless things. Uh, I, I, I feel smarter. I feel like I know you guys on a deeper, more intimate level. And I'm 
Uh, a little bit concerned, Brent, particularly for for your, for your blood sugar. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, well, we'll 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 move on. I um I did want to like so so one of the reasons I I think that we really like being together and talking together is because we do like talking about theology and about like like um issues about God's God's sovereignty god's uh lordship over over creation god's lordship over the church and the way that that god moves in people's lives and, and we talk about that quite a lot um uh in addition in addition to talking about um things like haircuts and um and oreos um and peanut butter i i'm not i can't i can't actually emphasize enough how how much the peanut butter oil scarred me as a child i, I can't I feel like I can't really communicate that, but maybe I'll, maybe the words will come to me later. Um, but, but I thought maybe we could move on because, um, I read this article and, um, I wanted to hear your guys thoughts about this because I think it really is actually, um, pretty pertinent to like kind of the way things are going in life right now. A, a lot of times, um, I'll be like surfing the internet or, or looking at articles and stuff. People be saying, you know, where's God and, and all of the situation that we're in right now. Um, and I read this, um, posted by a guy named Tim Gombis, um, who's a theologian, a professor, um, and, uh, and the article's title, which I think is maybe a little bit of clickbait, but the article's title is God is not in control. Um, and I wanted to kind of read a little bit of this to you guys and hear your thoughts and hear, let, let you guys kind of interact with this a little bit. we see if we can have some discussion about it, um, if you're interested, maybe we can, maybe we can, uh, share the link to this article, um, in the, in the description of the video in case anybody wants to read it themselves. Um, we'll make sure we do that, but I'll read a little quotes out of this and see if you see what you guys think. Um, in anxious times, we look to hold on to something certain. We seek guarantees and we want to believe that someone is in control. Christians find themselves saying things like God is sovereign and in control of the situation, but this is not a faithful representation of how scripture portrays God's sovereign kingship. The mindset has some unfortunate consequences. Um, we, if we grow anxious, we may feel guilty about having a lack of faith or we may question God or blame God when things, when bad things happen. Uh, here's his, his theory. God created the world as his temple, his dwelling place, and he created humans as his image bearers within creation. His rule over the world was to be manifested by humans overseeing the spread of shalom and blessing. God charged humanity to rule over creation, subduing it, bringing about its flourishing and enjoying its rich abundance. You guys awake? Still here. Okay, so far so good. But humans chose not to do that. Humanity rebelled and sin and death entered creation, and we have seen chaos and destruction ever since. The world now looks to us like a place over which God is not reigning. While God remains sovereign king, God's sovereign kingship is not being manifested in the creation that is his temple because his image bearers are not manifesting it. God was not content with the situation, so he came into this world, took sin and death into himself, and broke their enslaving grip over his world. Over his world. God has promised that he is bringing about a new future, new creation that will completely free, that will be completely free, excuse me, of the devastation and chaos caused by sin and death. All those who call, call upon God and Christ will inhabit that future world and enjoy a reality characterized by shalom and blessing. We do not have guarantees in this world, except that God will one day transform his creation. So, the nature of his, his summary, the nature of Christian hope is not that God is in control. Christian hope is that God is on his way to his world to redeem it. And we pray that he will come soon to do so. Our hope is in God's promise that all those who call upon God in Christ will inhabit the new creation, the one in which we will find our true rest and enjoyment forever. So I know it's a lot to just kind of digest here, um, but but essentially his, he, he postulates that God's sovereignty is present, but it doesn't look like what we would think. Um, it doesn't look like rule in the way that we would think. And, and really humanity has uh, the responsibility to bring God's sovereignty into the world. So I'm curious about what your guys' thoughts are about that. Well, I've, I've got a lot of thoughts. Um, 
I, you know, I, I would told, I would strenuously disagree. I mean, there, uh, read that last quote, and I would rephrase that about the guarantee. Um. Uh, let's see here. We do not have guarantees in this world, except that God will one day transform His creation. There are no guarantees that everything will work out as we want it to. We will experience suffering, pain, and loss. Yeah. So, I mean, I would, I agree with the hope of heaven. I agree with that guarantee um, 100%, and that's scriptural. Um, but it's also scriptural, and the Bible's adamant about it, in my opinion, that God is in control even of the bad. Um, you know, hmm. I don't think we have good vocabulary to express how God's in control. For example, I like the phrase, for whatever reason, God has permitted or allowed this. He didn't cause this. Um, but the Bible insists adamantly throughout Scripture uh, that he's in control even of the bad. To me, to embrace the idea that he's not in control makes prayer meaningless. It also, mm -hmm. um, it also doesn't give you any solace. It, it means Romans 8.28 isn't true. And I always say Romans 8.28 is the second most important promise in the Bible for all things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. I think the only one that can't, the only people who cannot take solace in the control of God are people who are resisting God and his will for their lives. Um, that's a scary verse, Romans 8.28. To me, that's the most wonderful promise there is to a Christian besides salvation, but that should scare, scare the literally hell out of you if you're not a believer, because it means God's in control of history. He's writing a story, and if you're not flowing with God's story for your life, then you're, you're messed up in this world and in the next world. Mm. Um, and so, I, I don't know, I just, you know, I, I, it just seems Jesus said, not even the sparrow falls to the ground apart from the will of the Father. Sparrow dying was never God's original idea, but a sparrow dies. And so, I don't know, that's, that's my strenuous opinion. I'm, I'm inclined to agree with, with you, Brent, um, with basically everything you said. Um, you know, I think, you know, he's, he's probably treading a little bit of dangerous water um, in some of the statements that he's making. I think I can understand where he's trying to come from. The or heart of it. You know, like the heart of it. Yeah, I, I think I understand that. I think some of it is coming from just this observational perspective that we have when we look around us and we see that things are kind of chaotic and it's like, how is anybody in control of this, right? And yeah. so you start to try and justify and rationalize that by saying, well, God is sovereign ultimately, but in the immediate, he is, you know, kind of stepped back. I don't right. think there's I don't think there's legitimacy to that though for all the reasons that Brent listed you know I think you know a good example of your earlier statement that God permits things the book of Job the entire book of Job is an incredible example of that Satan didn't have any latitude except for that which God gave him you know Satan had latitude only because he petitioned God for that latitude and God used that as an opportunity both to test Job and refine his faith which was already present but also to bring glory to his name which is ultimately what what this is you know this entire trajectory is is to bring glory to God um, and uh, and that's the that's the narrative that he's writing and if we try and you know suggest that God is on his way as though he's not already here I think we're diminishing that element we're diminishing that that God has the glory of immediate and present sovereignty um, maybe the disconnect that he's having is this idea of what we think control is versus what God's definition of control is. Because maybe it's not that things are going the way we think they should be done, but we already know that we don't necessarily do a great job even in our small things that we're trying to control, we lose control of them all the time. And so we just kind of rationalize, well, if we are losing control of a circumstance and it turns into this chaotic kind of area, then the fact that there is greater chaos might mean that God either has lost control or has removed himself from that position of control. But again, that's just a matter of perspective. And we're looking from a very limited perspective on a finite scale because we are trapped by time, but God exists out outside of time.
And mm-hmm. so his perspective is eternal and he knows everything that's happening and it's by his design. And that doesn't mean that it, you know, always makes him glad in the moment, but ultimately he does work all things together for our, for our good and for his glory. Hmm. It's, uh, I think you guys, I think you guys both kind of hit on something that kind of, I guess kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit about, about this writing. Um, that it's almost all it is seems to be observation based rather than biblically based. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, Brent, that you reference Romans eight, which he actually also references in his article. Um, yeah. uh, not not eight twenty eight in particular, but but verses all around it. The creation um, groans. I agree. Yeah, and it's yeah. And it's just interesting that, uh, and I think it kind of bears bears out a kind of an important point, which is which is. Um, if we start from if we start from trying to ex- explain the Bible through creation, uh, then we start to get a skewed view. Uh, uh, we can't we can't start to get a skewed view of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, it, in other words, kind of we're going to we're going to Scripture with a conclusion we've already started to reach from our own observations, from our own deductions of what we see around us, and then we try to see that in Scripture as well. Um, and I think I see that that's kind of what I would see, what I would suggest I see kind of here. Um, how, how do you interact then? Um, I don't know that I could really play devil's advocate for this, for this, for Tim Gombus. Um, but how do you interact when you say, uh, Brent, uh, all things work together for the good of those who, who, uh, love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the best example. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's okay. I was just going to say, I was going to say, so, so I I think obviously it's a deeper promise than um, momentary afflictions. Um, But how do you interact with, with people who, who read a a verse like that and then say, yeah, but things aren't working out for, well, for me right now, I lost my job or I'm being laid off. You know, where, where, where is God's sovereignty? How is God working this out for my good? Yeah. Well, you know, I think, um, um, I would start with like the example of, of Christ. Um, if you look at isolated parts of Jesus's life, especially the end of his life, um, you would see him being beaten, for example, or being falsely accused, for example, or being um, hung on the cross, the ultimate example. Mm. Um, but God says, and you know, God said, prophesied that he predicted that. He says in Acts chapter two that he foreordained, he foreordained that um, that that he be delivered by lawless acts into lawless people and be crucified. So if you look at Jesus's life in isolated parts, you're thinking, how could God be in control? Hmm. And how can anything good come out of that? Well, the most good that ever happened ever happened with Jesus taking the penalty for our sins. So to me, that's our best example of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can say from my personal life experience, usually when I live through something long enough, my hellish, hellish moments in life, I look back and I say, well, I, I can tell you right now, this good that happened for sure, you know, in that scenario kind of thing. Mm. Um, and then... I would also say that the biggest good that happens is Romans 829. Uh, right after Romans 828, it says, Romans 829 says that you'll be conforming to the image of his son. Yeah. And the hellish moments of my life have always uh, moved me towards trying to be more Christ-like. Um, you can't, you know, that's that's good for sure. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have, you have additions to that, Sean? No, I'm, I thought that was really good. Uh, honestly, that was, I wouldn't have necessarily thought about that, but the example of Christ and everything that he went through and the suffering that he endured and how that was worked 
for the purpose of accomplishing God's ultimate plan is an incredible example of how God is in control. And our suffering pales in comparison to what Christ went through. Hmm. You know, our the chaos that we experience from our limited scope is probably, you know, but a drop in a bucket compared to what Christ endured. You know, he, he drank the wrath of God. You know, that's a hmm. that's a cup full and we've got just a little drop compared compared to that. And uh, I mean, I know that there are some people who will endure sufferings that are on par or, you know, at least close to the level of what Christ endured, at least physically, um, uh, if not, you know, occasionally spiritually, but, but in general terms, especially most of us in the West, we don't have those kinds of experiences. So that, that was an, a wonderful example. Yeah, I'm sure I stole that from somebody, but it is a good example. Well, I'll, I'll <laughs> steal it from you someday. All right. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's on. It's on record now. It's 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 recorded digitally. I mean, it's once it's out there, it's out there. Though you have to give them credit for it. It's I now Brent's. So. Like yeah, Brent always says. Brent. <laughs> like Brent always says. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Brent's the guy who reminded us about Jesus. That was a really good <laughs> point. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, I mean, I do, I do think it's a really good answer. And I think it's a, it's the nice thing about it is it's a, it's an answer that you can like follow along in a story. What, right. Where I think your, your point is really well made and that we can follow along in different instances in Jesus life, um, you know, particularly death, um, and, and see the way that God worked, um, his suffering out for, for our very good. Um, his obedience out for our very good. And I think that's a really good, I think it's a really good illustration. I think that the difficulty for most people I would imagine falls in, well, my sufferings aren't like that. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, at the end of the, at the end of the day, what you have to do is take that, that story and then figure out how do you, how does that translate into into my difficulties, into my financial problems or, you know, or my, you know, my relative being sick or whatever. Um, and how does my obedience in that situation, um, how does God's sovereignty in that situation, how does my, my faithfulness in that situation still give God glory, um, and still work out for the good. I think that's where the real, that's, that's where the real difficulty lies and why I think so many people will honestly, uh, start to kind of fabricate, Maybe that's too strong of a word, but we'll start to we'll start to kind of wander a little bit and try to create theologies that fill that gap in for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly what he's doing. Um, and again, I don't know this guy, so I, I'm a benefit of the doubt kind of guy. But I think um, you know you're you you try to do PR for God sometimes when he doesn't need it. And, yeah. Um, well said. He, uh, you know, just like. Um, he, it's the, the, the book it reminded me of, uh, was, um, what's that guy, Rabbi Kushner, when bad things happen to good people, mm-hmm. sort of the same kind of idea. It's like God's impotent. Um, and that's why bad things happen to good people. First of all, the Bible says there's no one good, not, no, not one, but, um, you know, it, it just, you know, I don't think God needs PR per se, you know, mm-hmm. so. What about what about the kind of the premise of his argument, which which maybe we could we could talk a little bit less about God's sovereignty and more human um, responsibility? Um, I'll just recall to your mind what what he said, and maybe after this we can move on. Excuse me. Um, let's, let me find my spot again here. He created humans as his image bearers within creation. His rule over the world was to be manifested by humans overseeing the spread of shalom, of peace, and blessing. God charged humanity to rule over creation, subduing it, bringing about its flourishing, and enjoying its rich abundance, which, of course, humans then chose not to do. Um, what do you think about that as, as being, uh, I guess, kind of a, uh, a theory, a, a postulate? Um, we were we were charged to kind of bring about his his reign i guess in this way and would you see it the same way or do you see it do you think that once again that's kind of <clears throat> well i'll leave it i'll leave it open ended 
Well, I do think we were made in God's image. You know, we are image bearers. I think that by design, uh, you know, we're, we're supposed to carry his glory forward uh, wherever we go. We're supposed to kind of reflect that both back to him and to the rest of the world to see. And you know, he did give the command to Adam to uh, rule over the earth and subdue it, mm-hmm. uh, which suggests that there's a little bit of a wildness to creation that is meant to be brought into order, um, you know, to be brought under control. Um, and uh, and so I think that he's operating at least uh, initially from from the right you know the or, or a good starting point i think there is truth to that you know mm. that that god's control and his sovereignty is supposed to be expressed and manifest through us but i don't think that that means if we fail that he fails or if that we fail that it's non-existent because jesus even you know just talking about the concept of worship in general which is about displaying god's glory back to himself um Jesus said, if they didn't cry out, even these rocks would cry out, right? So yeah. so it would still happen regardless. His sovereignty will continue regardless. His control still exists without us. It's not that he is depending upon us. It's that he's invited us to work alongside of what he's already doing. And that is a, that is a blessing he conferred upon us. I think that's good, Sean. Yeah. I would agree. I think, and I think that he's what he's right about is the Bible puts the blame squarely on us, um, which is uh, uh, which is we don't even can't even fully comprehend that. I don't think um, you know, but he, I think the Bible uh, does in some ways put the blame squarely on us, uh, you know, in the micro level and the macro level. And so, yeah, um, I think I think the the take home here, while while uh, I, I would agree, I mean, I I, I haven't um, interacted much with with uh, this author or really read a lot of what he has to say, but I think the take home, at least for us, as we're reading this article, is read scripture, yeah. <laughs> um, and 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 allow the scripture to be the lens through which we see the truth of creation. Mm-hmm. the other way around um which just i mean it's so it, that's the natural thing we want to do and and we know that that is that that creation itself testifies uh to the glories of the creator the invisible attributes of god have been made known since the beginning of creation and and so there is there is a truth to that there is a way of doing that but um ultimately we've been given this revelation from the lord about the truth of 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 creation the truth of sin um, and the truth of his sovereignty. And so I think ultimately the, the upshot is as simple an answer as probably you should read your Bible more. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember, I don't remember who said it. This is one of those circumstances where eventually I'll claim it. I, I've always yeah. said it. <laughs> Jesse always said it. Jesse always <laughs> says it. Um, I just forgot. It was yesterday. But <laughs> um, you know, we don't, we, we shouldn't read scripture um, just I'm totally butchering it now. This is going to be horrible. You're going to claim it. You better. I I better get it right. Yeah. yeah. We should read scripture so that scripture can read us. Um, You know, just this kind of idea that when we're reading scripture, it's so that we can gain wisdom and knowledge and understanding about who we are and why we are the way we are, how the world is and why the world is the way it is and Mm -hmm. who God is and how he is in the process of redeeming all of that. You know, scripture yeah. reads us. It's that same idea of the lens through which we view the world should be scripture. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I would just, I mean, I encourage the three of us. Uh, I think we oftentimes encourage each other in this um, and the church in this, but um, you know, what is it from, from, uh, is it Ecclesiastes of the writing of books? There is no end. <laughs> um, and, and certainly that's true. You know, you go to that, the, the religious or Christian book section of any bookstore. And there's way more written about any number of issues than the Bible has to say about any number of issues. And I think that should be a red flag to us. Um, we definitely want to encourage people ourselves included. Um, not a bad thing to look for wisdom, but, but there's one book that is, that is the authority. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a really good reminder that, that, that we need to keep grounded in that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. 
I, I have a, a slightly different topic that I'm interested in your guys' uh, thoughts on. Um, uh, I don't know if you've heard, uh, there's been this kind of natural, uh, na- natural, national, uh, international global pandemic. Have you guys heard about that? I feel like I've seen something somewhere. Okay. Yeah. I've heard recently it's a hoax, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but regardless, we're all, we're all stuck at home. Uh, perhaps you guys have heard, I don't know if you've been, been living in that reality or not. Um, but, uh, when this, when this started, of course, it started overseas, started, it, we saw it first in China and, and they had, um, enormous, uh, lockdowns there, just like we were having here where people's movement was restricted and they were stuck at home. Um, and we've had this here. And I don't know if you heard this when this started happening in the States, there was a lot of like memes and stuff going around about um, this wave of babies being born nine months after quarantine. And, you know, that they would be called the quarantine teenagers or the, you know, the quarantine generation or whatever, um, that there'd be this massive, you know, uh, population surge because all the all the families were stuck at home and had nothing to do um, but make their families bigger. What they saw in China, this is what I'm interested in talking to you about, as, as they've kind of come out of quarantine was not a surge in pregnancies, but a surge in divorces. <laughs> um, what, what, what do you think that means? I think that probably means that there are some serious communication struggles going on just in marriages in general that are Mm -hmm. now coming to the surface, right? When you're forced to talk to somebody and you don't know how to to engage in that kind of a regular, honest conversation, there's going to be these areas where you have disagreements and you don't know how to resolve those and you don't know how to deal with those. That's, that's what that says to me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's kind of like, it's like throwing a frog into boiling water, right? You know, it's going to jump out right away. Um, you know, the, it, tell Monica that's the analogy used for marriage. That's that's <laughs> what I used for marriage. Well, you know, they they just got you know they they hadn't been spending time getting to know each other previously. That's right. Oh, okay, you know, that, yeah. That's that's my first my first uh, stab at that. <laughs> um, my my other thought would be. Does, is there any correlation to the fact that China imposes strict population control? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure that, that there's a lot of results about that. You know, because that, that could change the dynamic a little bit. You know, there's like a little bit of fear of like, you know, potentially of intimacy in that off chance that it's like we do conceive and we can't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that, that creates a whole new kind of tension. So. <laughs> We could go. We could go a different direction. Go ahead, Brent. It's just the three of us. <laughs> well, I was I was just going to use this as a segue to to let you guys know that um, I'm very excited to let you guys know that Lori's pregnant right now. Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> and, and because of that, we're getting a divorce. And so, so this oh. is like a perfect segue. To, to that announcement. I, so, I don't, I'm a rage of emotions, Brent. I don't know how to respond right now. <laughs> That's how rumors get started, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> Which one's true? Tune in next week. You'll find out. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think, um, well, well, so what, what occurs to me, Sean, I think you're, you're, you're onto something just in my opinion about, couples understanding how to communicate and how to spend time together. I think that to me is the real thing is, is um, being forced to spend so much time together. Right. Whereas typically, um, and maybe I think this is true for American marriages and I'm not sure about over there, but I'd say typically uh, married couples don't spend all their time together. Right. You have one, if not both or go off to, to jobs, they have, friendships or, or, you know, kind of social interactions, stuff like that, um, that gives them a little bit of space. Um, but then you have spend, you know, two months or whatever stuck in the same room or building with somebody that really does put a strain on a relationship. I think something you can kind of keep in mind for us, I think, which is a really good point, um, which is that this is not the normal, right. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that kind of breaks my heart and I, again, I'm projecting, but, um, 
so so many broken marriages there that I wonder if they actually are broken or if they're just reeling from spending the last two months in such an unusual situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, uh, now's not a time to make big decisions. I mean, that's just sort of a right. simple rule of thumb in life when uh, chaos, in the middle of chaos, never make a big decision. So, yeah. But go ahead, Sean. I was just going to say, yeah, there's so many added stresses in life right now that, you know, it sometimes can magnify other areas that weren't really a big deal to begin with, but they mm. just suddenly become that outlet. You know, you, you want to put the blame somewhere. You want to release your tension or your frustration, or your stress, and, and it's hard to release it on an unseeable virus. So Yeah. Can't go to the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I was thinking, is there, isn't there st- a statistic that uh, another season of higher divorce rates is when people retire, right, and do start spending time together. I think I've, I've read, I know. I've, if there isn't one, you could just make it up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But no, actually, that makes sense. I mean, especially. Yeah. Um, you're spending more time together. The, the empty time. nest retired yeah, yeah. syndrome, you know, where you spend all your time raising your kids or, yeah, you retire um, and then you suddenly are spending a lot of time together <laughs> and you don't remember what your relationship is built around anymore i think it's just to me to me all this stuff is kind of a good reminder for us just kind of as a rule of thumb like this is an unusual time to your point brent uh, not a great time to make huge decisions <laughs> also i think sean to your, to your point i think it's a really good good reminder um to show an extra measure of grace both to our both the people in our houses but also to ourselves and say okay i understand maybe why i'm a little bit more on edge Mm-hmm. Uh, why I'm feeling a little bit run down or, or whatever things are unusual right now. Um, mm-hmm. We're doing, yeah. I mean, we would prefer to do this in separate rooms just cause we don't get along very well, but, but still we're doing this meeting over zoom, you know, uh, which, you know, it is unnatural. It's bizarre. Um, and so I think we have enough technology to kind of keep things going in kind of a semblance of normal, but there is a, a weight that just kind of bears down on your soul. I think um, important reminder for us in our relationships um, and in just kind of dealing with ourselves. Yeah. And I would piggyback in on what we just talked about. If God's in control and we know part of God's ultimate control and the good that he wants to come out of something is again, going back to Christ likeness. So um, mm. we God, uh, if God's in control and led us to our spouses, um, from a believer's perspective, you see the diversity and the um, differences as something that God can bring good or wants to bring good out of, you know what I mean? And then just to the simple fact of marriage is a covenant, you know, that's the golden rule of marriage. Uh, a covenant means you're not, you, you don't have an out, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so, uh, but to Sean's point, it means marriage needs work for sure. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, um, I, I have, I have one more just kind of thing that I thought maybe we could, we could share about. Um, and that's, uh, that's it. I, I, <clears throat> I have been spending a lot more time in this room here. This is kind of like my, my office at home and you Where can tell that? I spent, it's, it's, a kind of a little closet upstairs in our house. <laughs> oh, it's upstairs. Uh, yeah. Never, well, you can tell I've never been little... invited to your house ever. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, that's cool. <laughs> I have been to your house, but I've never been up. But you weren't invited. <laughs> I've come many times uninvited to your house, but I've never made my way upstairs. You, I was going to say, you could tell I spent more time because I, like, I cleaned it and I painted it and it looks completely different now because I've had nowhere else to go. <laughs> um, but, but I've also spent a lot more time uh, online. I think probably almost all of us have um, for, for various reasons. Um, a lot of our church community stuff happens online these days. Um, but, but I wanted to share with you guys, and I don't know if you have something, um, uh, in this category as well. Um, but I, I feel like one of the things that I'm kind of grateful for these days, a way that I've kind of seen, speaking of God's kind of sovereignty and, and, um, and fingerprints on creation, um, I've actually been really grateful for the internet um, 
in a way that I had never been grateful for the internet before. I've always kind of seen it as kind of a useful tool. Um, but mostly I had kind of like, kind of just honestly kind of like a vaguely negative approach to a lot of the social interactions online. Um, I, a lot of times I feel like they're unhealthy, <laughs> you know? Um, but recently, uh, and I think maybe it's because there's a lot more people spending time online and posting videos and like interacting online. And so I, I feel like I've seen so many great things online. Um, you were just talking, Sean, about that some good news thing. Mm-hmm. Which I love. I'm I lo- I'm loving watching that. I've seen like so many cool things just posted in the last this last season, which have been so encouraging to me, just about human kind of creativity and and um, ingenuity. Um, stuff for my kids who are doing, they're doing a lot of like reading and stuff online. There's so many like great resources and stuff like that, that I've seen to, to me, I just like what I've, where I feel like I've seen kind of a, a miracle, like a, like a little glimpse into God's um, personality or joy um, is seeing the way that people can be so creative and, and joyful, even in this, in this venue. That, mm-hmm. that's been something I've just been grateful for. Like, honestly, um, I feel like, uh, one of my, one of my challenges to myself is to see miracles and small things, see, like to have my eyes open to miracles that I see every day. Um, that where I, I'm oftentimes looking for a lightning bolt, but really God has put, um, a beautiful tree in front of me. You know what I mean? Like that kind of idea is like just kind of seeing miracles in every day. And, and one of the things that I feel like I've been really opening my eyes to in the last couple of weeks is just this, like, the miracle of human ingenuity. And and I think that's a fingerprint of the Lord. Hmm. Um, so anyway, I want to, I don't know if there's something you guys have seen recently that you're just like, man, that's, that's a testimony to God's goodness or, or something. Just want to open that up to you. No, no pressure or anything, but I'll just sit here and wait. Well, I'll, I'll give something, um, you know, one of the things that Monica and I like to do in general is, you know, always think I, I'm a bit of a dreamer in general. I like to like forecast like, oh, what am I going to do someday? And when I love mm. uh, walking around the neighborhoods in Winooski and looking at different houses and thinking, oh, that would be a cool house. I, I'd love that house and what I could do around the outside and all those kinds of things. And being at You should build home, a deck. I should build a deck. <laughs> um, being, being at home, being in our home and spending mm. more time here and more time walking around our property and and uh you know just taking stock of it just realizing how grateful uh i am for it Mm. and that god allowed us the opportunity to have this place because i tell you the first time we looked at this it was a dump and it stank to high heaven it was horrible it was the first one of the first places we looked at when we were house shopping and we walked out of there and we were like no way not gonna happen Mm. not gonna do this place a whole year later, we came back and looked at it again because the price had gone down and suddenly it was more attractive. <laughs> and uh, But but when we looked at it I that time, dump. yeah, that's right. When we looked at it that time, that's a quotable. <laughs> God gave us a little bit of vision for it, you know, like we were able to kind of get out of our own way. And it also helped that we looked at a lot of other places and mm. began to realize just what our money would buy you know, and, uh, and we saw the potential of it and now we're living in the realized potential of it. Oh, that's awesome. And that's, that's a miracle. You Mm -hmm. know, that's a miracle. Hmm. That's good. Well, I, I've been thinking like most, uh, humans in this world about coronavirus a lot (laughs) and why some people get it and some people are asymptomatic and some people, um, you know, most people don't recover fine from it. And um, I've just just gone down the rabbit hole of antibodies and how they work. And there's some cancers that have spontaneous regression, uh, meaning that you can get it. I mean, in most, you know, cancers are the exception, not the rule, meaning that we all have mutated cells that our body fights off against. And, um, just the miracle of staying alive. I know that mm. kind of sounds weird, but just, um, just uh, I was just thinking about antibodies and spontaneous regression of cancer um, that you do see very rarely in, in, in only certain cancers. And just the amazing antibody response that we have um, 
it's one miracle after another that keeps us alive and we don't even yeah. think about that and so anyway that's my my miracle thought so. that that is that is i i 100% agree with you i think that's deeply profound it is a it such an incredibly long series of events and you know chemical chain reactions have to continually take place just for us to stay alive yeah. <laughs> it's a it is a genuine miracle it really is. I'm just glad that I shared mine before Brent shared his because it would have been. <laughs> no, I just I disagree. I think I, I don't I don't think there's a. I mean, I, I know what you mean, but I, but I would say I think I think those are so. It's so important to keep your eyes open for stuff like that because yeah. uh, to 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 revisit your marriage analogy of a of a frog being boiled alive. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, I think we do, we do just kind of, we, we become, uh, we become numb to, to the miracle of creation around us. And I think there's, there's so many moments where we should, we should open our eyes and see that, that miracle of God's ingenuity and love and, 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 and continued presence, uh, in, in the world. And I think, you know, the, there's all kinds of ways that that, that becomes clear to us. And I think, I think those are both really, really, uh, all three, uh, beautiful representations. Um, uh, I think maybe it might be about time to wrap up. Um, how do you guys feel? You want to, you have anything else you want to cover? No, I, that sounds pretty good. I like the idea of ending on a miracle. <laughs> Maybe if anybody's still listening here, that the fact that it's ending is a miracle. That is if a miracle. If anybody does listen, besides our mothers, it will be a miracle. Yeah. Well, my mom would have tuned off by 15 <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> but liked it. But liked it. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, if if by any chance you did, uh, you know, yeah, speaking of miracles, you did uh, listen to this entire conversation. Thank you. Um, and, uh, and we hope, we hope that it was both enjoyable and maybe a little bit of a good reminder to you. Um, I know actually it was to me. And so thank you guys for that. I appreciate that. I enjoy Thank you. I always enjoy our conversations and stuff about this. I think, I, I imagine I'll be thinking about it for some time longer and, and probably come up with something else to say, but by then it'll be too late. <laughs> I'll, I'll think about it for a little bit longer and then steal all the quotes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but I will just say, uh, daybreakers, uh, just want to remind you this, this coming Sunday, you know, weather permitting, we are, we are still hoping, looking forward to, to maybe assembling together, um, as a church doing drive-in church at daybreak. Um, we're still trying to figure out what exactly that looks like. Of course, we have our eyes on the weather as, as, as you will as well. And, you know, weather permitting, we're going to get together. Um, Speaking of miracles. Speaking of miracles, yeah, start start praying for a sunny, That's sunny right. morning. Um, but we're really looking forward to, to that time when we get to be together. Um, and we have plans for that. And we're hoping to do that this coming Sunday. Um, anyway, thank you for, for joining us. Um, I wish I could promise that it's going to get better next time. But... Um, It'll probably be about the same. Uh, <laughs> maybe Lower that lucky, bar, Jesse. Lower lucky, that bar. If we're lucky, Brent's audio will cut out for longer, and it'll be better. <laughs> well, can we change it from pontification to about the same? Should about the same. same. About More the same. The same. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, th thanks for watching. All right. All right. Thanks. Love See you guys. Or, li See you, or listening, depending on how you're catching it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.